So uh, in Corinthians, uh, Paul's letters, Paul is a, uh, just, Paul's an incredible man who's had an amazing transformation. Uh, he was a man who persecuted Christians and who is now working to share the gospel. Uh, just an amazing, amazing story uh, with Paul. And he's been uh, chatting about spiritual gifts. So last week we looked at spiritual gifts in chapter 12 at the beginning. And we had a, a wee look at what our response is uh, to receiving those gifts. So it was things like, oh, don't worry about me. It's okay. Don't you worry about me. I don't need a gift. And uh, oh, they have a better gift. What's all that about? And they got more than me. Uh, and or I want more. So we're looking at different responses. And uh, Paul is commanding the church in Corinth uh, to eagerly desire, to eagerly desire that these are gifts created for each of us to further uh, the kingdom of God, to see Jesus change the world out, he, out there. We're sent out to mission, and that, that's the church, to heal the sick, to help the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted. More salvation, more people meeting Jesus and joining the family. That's what the gifts are for. Also to strengthen us as believers, so to strengthen each other, so to strengthen inside, so we're heading out, in spite of our human weaknesses and the strength and the equipping of the Holy Spirit. So now we're reaching uh, chapter 12, verse 12. And uh, I'm going to need some Bibles out. Uh, Cameron, why don't you be our Bible distributor? Yes, let's have a cheer for Cameron. I told Cameron was sitting there initially and I was like, you might need to move over there because I'll be blinded by your T-shirt. It's so bright. So bright. It's definitely wake, waking me up. Thanks very much, Cameron. Uh, put your hand up if you've not got a Bible and we'll get that out to you. And if you don't have a Bible at home, uh, you can take that as our gift uh, from us to you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, there's a few hands. And for the rest of us, it should come up on the screen as well. Oh, it's not, not overly clear. And these Bibles that are being handed out, it's going to be on page 1153. So if you're getting one of these Bibles, 1153. Brilliant. 1153. Excellent. Right, let's read. Thank you. Just as the body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if a foot should say, because I am a, not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think of are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Amen. Without uh, doing too much of a biology lesson, there's a reason why Paul is speaking about the body as being comparative to the church, uh, the body of Christ. Our bodies and how we live day to day is a remarkable design crafted by God. For example, the heart. The heart beats 100,000 times a day. There's 35, uh, 35 million times a year. That's a lot of heartbeats. The lungs, we breathe 220, no, 23,000 breaths a day. Our kidneys process 423 gallons of blood each day. There are 100 trillion cells in our body. 650 muscles in our body. I'm still trying to find one or two of mine. Uh, quite skinny. 206 bones. We blink 6 million times a year. There's 60,000 blood vessels. I could go on and on and on and on, but I'm not. All the different parts and, uh, have their purpose and they are connected. And most of the time, one part depends on the other. One part co-depends on the other to function. One part cannot function correctly without the other part. Working in tandem to make the body move, to fulfill its purpose of life, just like the church. And Paul is calling the church in this uh, this little passage that we've read out this, this morning, he's calling them in the mix of their different giftings, their different purposes, their different backgrounds, their different characteristics, that each and every one of us are part of the body. And the body of Christ, the church, is to keep moving. That yes, there's lots of differences to all of us, but we're part of one body. Not to be held back, to be stagnant, to seize, to break but to be moving in mission outside to share the good news of Jesus, the good news of salvation, the good news that there is a God that loves all of us so much that he gave his son up to die for us. So we must, as City Church North and as individuals, keep the body moving. Jesus doesn't want parts of the body to seize up, to stop functioning, to not fulfill their potential, to give up, that's missed opportunity for the body and that's gutting. And I know I don't want to miss opportunities. I want to play a part. I don't want to look back in 30 years and think, I wish I'd done that. You know, when I had the opportunity, I wish I'd taken that opportunity. And that means that we take on board some of the truths that Paul is writing about here and we keep the body moving. So first of all, we've got that every part matters. If we could have uh, the slide up, brilliant. Paul in his last chunk of writings is going at great lengths to stress uh, the need to view what part we play in the church and what gifts we have and what we contribute is not a hierarchy. It's not a top 10 of spiritual gifts when we looked at it last week and a top 10 of service duties to make City Church North. It's not a weekly iTunes style chart. What's top this week? Instead of looking these, at these things and ourselves on that kind of scale, on a vertical scale, of the most important thing to the top to the least at the bottom, 
how Jesus actually views it as horizontal. It's a cross. They all matter. One thing is not ranked above the other. Same importance. In verse 14 to 17, it says, The body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the smell be? It's unique, if slightly strange to imagine, the body being an eye walking about. All I could picture when I read that uh, was Mike from Monsters, Inc. Any, anybody else do that when they're reading that? That's all I could imagine. But Paul wants to stress that the part we have to play is important. And I compared it earlier to the human body. Uh, it all contributes, but also reminds me of Formula One. I'm not much of a Formula One fan, but whenever I watch it, I'm always really, really struck whenever it's Lewis Hamilton or Fernando Alonso or Sebastian Vettel, when they pass that checkered flag and they celebrate, you think that's quite a good victory. And then I go, oh my goodness, how many people in that, that garage are celebrating alongside them? There's, there's hundreds, there's in fact hundreds of people that contribute to a Formula One team. You have your team boss, your commercial directors, your technical directors, your chief designer, your chief aerodynamicist, research and development, and that's just to name uh, but a few. All play vital parts, from the driver who actually drives the car, to guys who decide what kind of material we're going to use in certain parts of the car to make it aerodynamic, what kind of tires, what kind of fuel. They are all as important as each other. Because one without the other means there's no race. There's no F1 car. There's no championship. It doesn't happen. So the part that we play is important to the body. Without lumping boxes back and forth to a van, we wouldn't have the kit for the songs to be sung, for the mic to be working, our welcome team at the door, our prayers, to our leaflet droppers, to our small group leaders, to our secret givers, to our evangelists, to our mainly music team, to people who connect with our young people, to bacon for mainly music, the guys who do the website, the person who does the camera in Aberdeen so we can live link here, the families who make cookies, email and notice sheets, visiting those in our church family who can't make every week, putting together welcome packs, moving chairs. It's all part of the body. It all contributes, it all forms part of what God wants for us here. And then that leads from every part matters, it leads to asking, what part do we have? What part do we have? So Paul is saying in, in this passage that we all have a part to play. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, it looks fine, it looks like everything's ticking along nicely in, in City Church North. And it couldn't be further from the truth in one way, in terms of we want to be a church that everybody wants, uh, has a part to play. And we have gaps. And we have people who are covering more than they should as well. And we want to be a church that communicates a culture of getting stuck in and playing a part. And this, this, me saying this isn't to guilt trip. It really isn't to guilt trip. Uh, and it isn't to fill gaps, although initially it might be. But it's to communicate that we all have a piece of the pie to hold and to carry and to feel part of the action, to feel part of the mission, part of the charge as an army, if you like, to see Jesus' name shared in Ellen, Newborough, Old Meldrum, Pitt Medin, to keep the body moving. 
And I'm totally biased. I'm totally biased because I'm employed by the church. And, but I had a stint in Mad Minis, for example, the preschool kids. And I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I would genuinely be on that team every week if I had the opportunity. And I absolutely love logistics. You might think lumping boxes back. I absolutely love it. I love it because you're moving Kit to a school to set up a church. There's something powerful about setting up church right here in this space, in the community's heart, where teachers gather during the day and they teach hundreds of our young people that live around this area. Isn't that just such a privilege to invite God's presence in this building? And I love how we welcome with love and warmth and a really strong coffee. I love that because I need my strong coffee on Sunday mornings. I love all our teams led by brilliant people. So that's the challenge this morning. Which part is yours? Maybe also it's a part that isn't in the getting involved booklet. And maybe you're thinking, I've got a real heart for this, but it's not written down there. Please speak to us, please. I'm sure that Formula One teams are constantly developing new technology, new areas to get the fastest times. And we want to be moving as a church and also impacting in the community in whichever way we can. And that means there'll be stuff that we're not doing that some of us know we should be doing that isn't written down, that we haven't got a plan for. Please speak to us. I'm also well aware that there's a lot of us who do a lot at the moment. And maybe there might be one or two of us who are going through, I'm, the foot, I'm a foot because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body kind of moment. We're maybe feeling insecure and thinking, does what I really do matter in the grand scale of things? People might not even notice if I down tools. I want to encourage you this morning and encourage us and say that it does matter. It does matter. And I just encourage us to just to look to Jesus, just to meet with Jesus in that, in that moment, in that place. In fact, I know that God has specifically said one or two people here this morning who do feel like that. What we do is essential to the body. It's essential. And to end on that point, I'm conscious that there's a lot of doing, doing, doing in the mix. What I'm saying is doing, doing, doing and being spoken about. And I'm also not saying that salvation is earned by works or that works determine anything to be given out by God in terms of love, in terms of power, in terms of presence. It's all about grace. We don't earn. But it's similar to last week when we looked at the beginning of 1 Corinthians 14 and Paul says, eagerly desire. When we surrender fully, there's a bubbling up inside us. When we know that to be part of the body and mission, when Jesus says, go, and he says go 150 times, around 150 times in the New Testament. That that means more. That means do. That means there's a part to play for us to share Jesus. That involves using the gifts that God has given us in our hearts to further his kingdom. Maybe some of us just need to seek him out afresh and ask, what, what does that look like for us? And to shake, shake us up a bit. And to ask, where are you saying go to me? So what part do we have? Thirdly, we are to be connected to the body. So in verse 19 to 21, uh, Paul says, if they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. 
We must keep connected intentionally. And it's so important. Otherwise, we'll, we'll drift. And it will lead to us saying to God, I don't need you in that part of my life. I remember, it's quite a while back now, when would it be? 13 years ago, oh my goodness. I went to university, uh, Stirling University, and that was a real defining uh, part in my walk with God. I was a Christian uh, as a 17-year-old going along, 18-year-old, going along to university, uh, but probably, in all honesty, because of the upbringing I had, being a pastor's son and uh, being in church every, every week, twice a week, uh, and I was told by my parents, make sure you get stuck in when you go to Stirling. Make sure you go along to church, you get stuck in a Christian union. And uh, so I went to the Christian union type event thing on the first week. And in between uh, discovering alcohol and parties and pot noodles and not much sleep, I uh, only went once. And I went to church on the Sunday and I never went back uh, to the church as well. And I think in all of my four years at being at Stirling University, I stepped into church maybe three times. I was so disconnected from God and God's plan. Even though I was studying and I was working towards a degree, it was weird in that something of purpose was missing. And I know that church isn't the answer. I know that Jesus is the answer. But church is to facilitate meeting with Jesus and each other. And I was lacking at that point of time. I was lacking. I went to church the odd weekend when I went up to Inverness and my parents were still uh, the pastors there and I went along. But when I went, I wasn't intentional at connecting with God, connecting with other people. And I worked most Sundays as well, so that was a good get out clause. And I was going through the motions. I was at a low uh, ebb in terms of my faith. I was really reading my Bible. I was praying in emergencies. I was saying the right things to my parents. Keeping connected to the body, to the church, means that we come along when we don't feel like it. That our faith is stronger than feelings. The morning where we're lying in bed and it's, it's easier to miss, we stir ourselves. We stir ourselves because often, it's often the times where the, it's most powerful. It's most powerful where God meets us. It's almost like the enemy knows what's happening in that moment. He knows it's, it's going to be a good opportunity at that point and he likes to kind of pull us back. In the midst of our toughest times, we push through because we're eager for Jesus to step into our situations that we've been carrying too long ourselves. And also in the midst of our best times, when life is going good, we realize that it's nothing to do with us, but God's goodness, God's provision, God's love working in and through us. And we should, we should get together to church and just praise him for that. Praise him for that. And I'm also under no illusions how busy life is and that we are speaking, that I'm speaking from a place of being the leader of City Church North. So we need to be here. We need to be here every week. But what do we expect when we arrive here? God's really been asking me that question more and more since we've moved to this new building. What do we expect when we arrive here? We want this place, this space that we've got in Ellen Community Campus to be a place of change to be a place where we meet with Jesus, to be a place where we come in and Jesus changes things and we walk out different. If we expect and we are open and we allow him to move each week, then the culture changes, faith rises. We must be stirring faith in one another 
to see God's Spirit at work in this place in spite of feelings. And in Luke 7, it speaks of Jesus leaving Capernaum. Capernaum, I can never say that. Capernaum, I'll say Capernaum. And meeting a centurion. Now, a centurion is a commander in the Roman army and one of his servants were, was ill. And this servant was well-respected and well-loved and would have been missed. People were hurting as this guy was on his deathbed. And the centurion says to Jesus, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus healed him and said, I have not found even such great faith in Israel. So the centurion took him at his word, took him at his word, even in the pain, even in the uncertainty. Faith overtook feelings. So when Jesus says in his word, when he said, come all who are weary, I will give you rest. When he says, in this world you have trouble, but I have overcome the world. When he says, we shall never perish if we believe in him. If he says, don't be anxious about tomorrow, and plenty more, plenty more, plenty more, we must take God at his word. Take it as truth. To be saying to God, say the word. Just like the centurion said, are we that bold with our breakthrough prayers to God? We must let expectancy be a rhythm of our relationship. That we're saying, say the word, God, say the word. I had a, a picture when I was thinking and praying about this point, And it was from Toy Story 2. And it's probably got a lot to do with the fact I'm watching a lot of Toy Story at the minute with Joshua. I'm probably enjoying it more than he is. Uh, but it's the part when Woody's arm is ripped at the shoulder. And it's been held on by a few pieces of string. Maybe that's how some of us look at the moment or feel at the moment. When we think about how connected we are at church or how connected we are with Jesus. We're a bit disconnected, a bit afraid, but it's just hanging on. It's just hanging on. Jesus wants to stitch us back together this morning to keep us connected, to stir a new faith in us for the season to come. See, when that happened to Woody, and it was very sad, his effectiveness was impacted. There were certain things he couldn't do. He was struggling. And it's the same for us. Our effectiveness for what God wants for us is impacted. Let's bring it to Jesus this morning. Push through the feelings. Make the right choices as we take God at his word. What he says in here, we take him at his word. It's truth and he wants to walk with us in life. In spite of all that is thrown at us. So we're to be connected to the body. And also we are to be supported by the body. So as well as being connected to the body to meet with Jesus, to stir faith and to stir expectancy, to deepen our wells, being connected to the body should lead to being supported by the body. It says in verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. One of the commentators says, we need to get involved in the lives of others. And I, I love that line. But how we divine getting involved is important as well. It's the church's purpose also to support each other. That when we're going through tough times and life is, is rubbish, we have people around us that feel our pain, that journey with us and help us point to Jesus. And also that when we have joys, 
when God provides, when there's things to celebrate, that we do that collectively. We have people around us in the church family that jump for joy as well and who celebrate with us. That's so great what happened. And the greatest way, practically, it's, it's, it's really simple, is that we start spending time with each other. Or we do more of spending time with each other. Eating together, grabbing coffees, spending time after the service to get to know one another, investing in small groups, committing to one another and committing to live alongside the guys that you are sharing a couch with every Wednesday or every Thursday. I think that's the two small group nights. Sorry if I missed out one. And the encouraging thing is that this is happening. It's happening. It's so encouraging to be meeting with the small group leaders that we have at North in the last few weeks and just hearing all the exciting things that are going on. And me and Mary are really, really excited. And just to say a few things on that, it can take time. It can take time. Persevere as you get to know people, as you get to know one another. And secondly, just encourage us to set the culture ourselves. Not to wait for somebody else, but to set the culture ourselves in terms of being open, in terms of being vulnerable, and that will encourage others to do the same. And in turn, it will naturally bring you together, bring us together, looking to Jesus. So maybe you've been coming for a wee while to City Church North and you're not yet part of a small group. Please, please, please take away one of our welcome packs and, and find one that works for you practically in your week. To know that you have people in the church community, in the body, that have your back. That have your back, looking out for you. Because the enemy will use loneliness. The enemy will use disconnectedness. The enemy uses insecurity. Being a group that as well as receiving, you can then give out as well. Jesus himself says, freely you have received, now freely give. Share in the joys and in the trials. And just to close, maybe the idea of being supported by others is a real struggle. That most of your life has maybe been about independency. It's been about managing yourself. Maybe we've been let down too many times. Say you're part of the body and you're hurting. To not allow support means that that part of the body becomes disconnected. It loses out on all that God has. The rest of the body is eager to give out at that time, ready to support, ready to connect. Being connected and supported by the body of Christ brings and maintains life and allows us to be all that God uh, wants for us to be. It gives us the, the kick up the backside. It gives us the hug. It gives us the cry. It gives us the laughs. It gives us the supernatural encounters with God. It gives us the healing. It gives us the God moments, the support, the reassurance that there are people out here, out there, that feel what we feel. There are people that go through what we go through. And it keeps the body moving. I read a quote by G.K. G, G. Chesterton, who's an English theologian. And he says, we do not want a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. I love that, absolutely love that. To be like an army, like I said before, all with a part to play, charging forward. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're not a Christian. And you know that God is calling you. You, you know you've got a part to play. To be connected, to be supported, to meet Jesus. We would love to pray with you this morning, to pray that prayer, to become part of the body and to meet with Jesus. Why don't we stand?